Welcome everyone. Good afternoon. Good after evening. Good morning. Wherever, whenever you're listening to this, this is a podcast. What am I saying? <laughs> Could be anywhere. Could be anytime. It's all good. Well, one thing I know, it's episode 20. We're 20. Yes. Today. So that's amazing. That's pretty cool. I guess I, I can't. Know. I I can't believe it because I thought one was hard. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting better. Ish. I think we are. <laughs> I, I mean, at least technology's improving. I don't know if our heads are improving at all. Remember but. when we first started and we were filming? Us? Yes. We did like that yes. weird CGI desk thing that we were sitting at, that space desk. Yes. <laughs> just, just so all our listeners know, okay? <laughs> yeah, you're just getting an audio recording now. It is truly just a podcast. Yeah. And we want you to understand something that... Today we came up here and we set all of our equipment up and we started recording and we could have, if we wouldn't have discussed a couple of things beforehand, we could have, we could have recorded in like three minutes, five minutes at the most, you know, before it was like an hour, sometimes two hours. I remember one time I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't record now because it's lunchtime and I got to eat. We took a whole two hours to, cause the camera wasn't working right. Something was off. We're just trying way too hard. We were multitasking then cause we were filming our services, uh, pre-recording them. We were using the same microphones and equipment. equipment. So we had to move it all, get the camera aligned. We were doing the green screen background. So it had to be just right. That is classic me though. That's, I'm just over the top. I'm. I, I'm, I always have visions of grandeur. I, I don't know. It's my, it's my issue. That is absolutely you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was not my idea to do that. I'm like, Hey, you know, maybe we could film it. You're like, all right, I made a green screen. <laughs> now we're going to like put the backdrop that looks like it's looking over the hill. That's okay. I own it. That's yeah. Fine. Yeah. I'm sitting there like, as you're tinkering with yeah, all this I stuff know. for 45 yeah. minutes, like, okay, I'm ready when you are, man. <laughs> So I have taught you something. What's that? Don't overdo it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't overthink it. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad I can lead by uh, negative example. Yeah, I learned from your mistakes. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, well, we have a couple things to talk about. A little housekeeping we have to do because we asked everybody to give us suggestions for a name. Yeah. And... I don't know if we have a name yet. So I didn't start us out with a name because we really haven't landed on one. And I don't know how we want to present that. But anyway. Yeah, we do I, have some options that kind of rose to the top as as uh, being something that we've come back to a few times to consider. And we're trying to, we also, like people who submitted multiple ones, we tried to take their best one. And at least in our opinion, the best one. And and it's still, you know, it's still refining, refining. You know, we're we're in no rush because we have what twelve listeners or whatever. Right. So <laughs> I'm not too worried about it. I'm not too worried about the branding of this. Hmm. So we had what the we had pod behavior mm-hmm. was one. Yeah, that's P O D pod behavior. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I yeah. liked it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a little pun on words, right? Yeah. And uh, similarly, there was the. The only thing is, I think there's about seventy-five pod behaviors out there. I think that one's been used. Not not saying that uh, whoever whoever presented it wasn't being original. It's just, yeah, you know that that's a natural right. thing. Well, there's a there's a whole bunch of them on that same vein. You know, I was going to say our very next pod one's couple similar, or the fairly pod, pod yeah. couple, which I did like that one, but I think it's used. I think we yeah. found one yeah. that's already using that one. 
we had, well, we had an elders meeting the Tim Hawkins, two days ago. Tim Hawkins does one or did one. I don't know if he still does it called Potty Break. Yeah. <laughs> P-O-D, right? P-O-D-D-Y. Well, of course, Tim Hawkins would do that. Right. (laughs) What a guy. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we had an elders meeting two days ago. One of our elders came in and said, Oh, this is great. I just finished listening to your podcast, and I've got a name suggestion for you. We're like, great. What is it? He said, Chasing Rabbits with Elmer and Daffy. (laughs) It's like... I don't know if I can really laugh at that. I feel slightly (laughs) offended by that. Wow, we appreciate like thanks for the right. support, man. Yeah, yeah. Good to know you got my back. Then, okay, so now we're down to nineteen listeners. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's one gone. Yeah, appreciate that. I'm not going to mention his name, but you know who you are. Yes. <laughs> and I'll remember this one. It's filed away for later. Right. <laughs> uh, another one, real simple, was the skinny. Mm-hmm. The skinny with well, actually, the full name was the skinny with PC and PJ. So that would mean. Uh, you know that's uh, that's our initials, Pastor Craig, Pastor Jeremy. For those who didn't catch that, yeah, um, I don't. I'm I'm I'm. What do you think of the pastor designation? Well, I mentioned it in the last podcast that I I just threw out Jeremy and Craig. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Some people call us that. Some people don't. Right. I mean, some people call me Pastor Jeremy. Some people just call me Jeremy. I've got kids in my youth group that call me Jer Bear. Which is the nice. worst possible yeah. name in the universe. <laughs> nice. And I hate them for it, just so you know. <laughs> and I let them know that. This is the nature of ministry. Everybody right. makes fun of you. Oh, like, yeah. thank you for the respect. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But you just take it. You roll with it. It's all good. I remember when I was young in ministry. I what was, was like, your everybody... nickname? What was your nickname? Uh, well, I was PC. Oh, I was just So you had PC a nice and, one. Yeah. It was, I would rather it was PJ than Jerbear. I would yeah, much that's rather Jerbear. That is. I would go with that. You know. Yeah. Uh, well, let's not. Go yeah, there. but let's I did. I did. I did one time. I was playing basketball, and we were. It was a pickup game, shirts and skins, and I took my shirt off. And, oh, nice! And one of the one of the teens said, "Hey, hey, PC, this is shirts and skins, not shirts and sweaters." Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> One of your youth said that to you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh. yeah. Now I wonder. You if, know what's great though? That's a good. He's one. a youth pastor today. Oh, is he? <laughs> Same kid? Oh. I don't know. I actually, I don't know. He's probably, he's probably moved on since then. But oh, I don't know. He man. was a youth pastor. Now the question is, did, did he steal that from a movie somewhere, or did he really come up with I that? I know on that was the good. Because that, that is was good. Good, yeah. good one. Uh, let's see. The one that I came in with this morning, and I said it jokingly, but you took it pretty serious. I said. Please don't fire me. I like that one. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Because, you know, we, we regularly find ourselves drifting into territory that it's like, okay, how much can I really actually oh, yeah. speak from the heart on this one before I get in trouble? Right. And uh, right. that is a fine, fine line. And so, I think it, it also bears back to kind of the the inception of the whole idea of doing a podcast was conversations that we've had in my office and we've done this ever since pretty much since you started uh tuesday morning sit down talk about some different things sometimes it's just a subject that comes up something that's in the news uh in the christian world or things like that and then and then really challenging ourselves with it like what are scriptural support for that idea what what are the um you know what are our own personal feelings about it and it always comes out that you and I don't always see eye to eye with mm-hmm. those things. Right. And, you know, sometimes I say things and you get this big shocked look on your face. And then I think, oh, 
maybe I'm not a Christian. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> All this time. <laughs> All eh? this time. That's how I find out. You say something <laughs> right. crazy. No, we have lots of good discussions. Right. Which, you know, just as this is a random thought, so, okay, maybe you're right, Mr. Elder, who said we chase the rabbits. <laughs> but Christians need to do that more. Yeah. They need to have good conversations. You and I right. do not shoot the breeze about the weather very much. We, no. we have some real conversations about real stuff and that makes it that makes our relationship a lot of fun Mm -hmm. you know like we we know each other we've learned how to think out loud explore Mm -hmm. ideas able to yeah we can our mind and we can do that and i i like that a lot and i think that you know some of that authenticity might be lacking Mm -hmm. in in well how do you get it how do you get this iron sharp right you you throw out ideas you gotta swing your sword yeah and 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 sometimes these ideas get shot down and then you have to be humble enough to go yeah you're right i got messed up thinking there and i need to go back and you know really pray about that and find out what god uh you know what his word says and right and what we should believe about those things so yeah it's it's uh it's been fantastic in fact, I would say this from my heart. It's been great to have somebody to work with. I spent uh, many years here at Bible Fellowship, about half my time here, or a little less than half my time here, without uh, you being here. I had a part-time youth pastor before this, and uh, youth and worship, and we didn't see each other nearly as much as you and I do, but having somebody full-time here, and just being able to sharpen and hone has has helped me personally as a person and also in ministry um, just to be able to have somebody to bounce ideas off from and to do what we do right here in this podcast right. is really valuable yeah. for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, same here. I, I, obviously, this is the first church I've actually worked in in any kind of, you know, it's not the first church I've attended, but it's the first one where I was a staff member. And so my I can only gauge my experience from what I've experienced here and what I hear about elsewhere. And a lot of the things I hear from other youth pastors is, you know, their senior pastor isn't that open to ideas, is very dogmatic about things. It's kind of a top-down approach. And definitely you, you know, right from the beginning, tried to, you know, uh, consider me an equal. And not that I wasn't under your authority, but you respected my ideas. You respected my voice. You gave me a chance to vocalize some of the ideas and criticisms or all that different stuff. And so I think that as I've developed and matured in a, in this pastoral role, I think probably that's been more valuable. I'm actually more valuable. My opinion is a little bit more refined than it was when I was 22. <laughs> I hope so. If it's not, then that's right. a problem. But yeah, it's, it's, a good stu- it's a good thing we got going on here. Yeah. So I'm a big I fan agree. of it. And the podcast is a fun place to, to have a little bit more of a casual conversation and let other people kind of eavesdrop a little bit. So I agree with that as yeah. well. We're yep. still we're still looking for name suggestions or or if you hear one of these names that we've mentioned and you think, oh, that is a good one, let us know. Um, you know, we're we're looking for something that kind of encapsulates a bit of our strange personality and what we're trying to do here on the podcast. I mean, a lot of what we want to do is is like worldview stuff, um, exploring right ideas and concepts both within the culture and within the church from a biblical perspective and just try to analyze things and think about it. It's kind of thinking out loud. Um, And then obviously our flavor, our personality, our way of thinking comes into it and hopefully it creates something worth listening to. 
worth listening to and hopefully yeah. it's something that sparks your thinking and causes people to be Bereans and go to the word right. and find out for themselves. Because I'm not saying we got the corner on the market. We kind of hold each other in check, hopefully a little bit, and we just hope we don't get fired. Yeah. I was going to say, that. <laughs> that's partly how we get held in check. Yeah. Someday we're going to yeah. get the pink slip, and that'll <laughs> right. be how we know we crossed the line. Right. Hopefully not. We're not trying to get there, but no. we do have a good topic today. So yeah, um, we better get going with it. We're 12 minutes in. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know who knows of, of this person, but we're going right. to talk a little bit about Todd White. Yeah. So Todd White is an American pastor and he is, he's pretty famous, not famous enough to have a Wikipedia page. I know that because I tried to find him. <laughs> that's interesting. I thought I, so too. I would think that's interesting. I, I mean, would have I, expected him to have one. People's pets have uh, Wikipedia pages. So I'm... Is that true? <laughs> I don't I, That would be news to me if that's true, but you might, I don't know. That's either true or a good I joke. That, I just made that up, oh, okay. Dude. I don't have any idea. I thought you had. You, you just, you have to do this, don't you? You have to call me on it. I just, like, I live in this fantasy I just want to know head. if you're joking or if there's something I need to go Google. Okay, I'm going to go find one. Okay. Because there's got to be one. Okay, Paris Hilton's dog probably has a oh, Wikipedia page That's a or great something. example. <laughs> Genius. All right. So Todd White, here's, here's what I know about Todd White. He's very famous on YouTube. So that's a, a big place where his voice right. is it resonates outward. Um, so he has a ministry that they call Lifestyle Christianity, um, and it, it it's you know I went to their website and they have a lot of different things. So they have a church, you know, and and I'm not exactly clear on the name of the church if the church is called Lifestyle Christianity Church. Okay. I wasn't exactly sure about that. Yeah, he wears. Big T-shirts with Christian lifestyle, yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that's the name of at least now, the ministry. Now, I, I, I don't know. Is he currently? Does he pastor that church, or is there another pastor? Well, when I went on their leadership team, okay, uh, he was the first name at the top. Oh, now, okay. I just kind right. of assume that that means because he started he's out. I'm sorry, I guess I'm getting ahead of you. You were explaining it very well, but he started out as a street evangelist well, or a street. Uh, yeah, street preacher. preacher kind of thing. And yeah. that's a big part of what they do. So that was one of the key things that their website was highlighting was the street ministry that they do. Mm-hmm. So he does a lot of evangelism on the sidewalk type of thing with passerbys and that kind of thing, high traffic areas. They also have a dance school, which I was interested really? by. Huh. Uh, experience Jesus through dance and movement. Mm-hmm. And you can sign up for classes. They have a, a school some kind of a unofficial school, so to speak, where you can sign up and take courses and things like that. So it's a pretty broad ranging ministry mm-hmm. that he's founded and he's kind of the head of. And he's he's somewhat well-known. I don't exactly know how to quantify it per se. Um, he may not be a name you know, but just because that's true, that don't let that deceive you in terms of thinking he's a nobody. Right. Like me and you. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, if he has a podcast, it's more than 20 listeners, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so what's interesting, okay, so why are we bringing up this guy? Here's the deal. So he preached a sermon sometime within the past two weeks. I'm not exactly sure. It was on July date. 22nd. All right. Is that a Sunday? If, if, if that's a Sunday, then it the was... The closest Sunday to July 22nd. I'm more sure of that than I am that there's pets with on Wik- All right. have Wikipedia I'll stand, pages. I'll go with that. Okay. Sounds very confident. <laughs> and his sermon made a uh, made a, a big 
uh, shockwave, so to speak, through the inter- internet. Enough that Christian news websites and stuff like that wrote up articles about it because he is publicly repenting for preaching not the full gospel. In his own right. words was, I am repenting of not preaching the full gospel. Which anytime a pastor does something like that, that's really interesting. That's big. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a whole backstory to this that maybe our listeners need to get kind of filled in on a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, um, I did go listen to the sermon. Did you as well? I did. Yeah, yep. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, I don't remember how long. It's a 45-minute or thereabouts long message. Yeah, I, I, I mean, my commentary on it is my first response to it was uh, i'm cheering for him because i mean he is sharing the gospel he did he really yeah he really knocked it down there he he just he he made it very clear uh and it you can kind of tell it comes as a result of some of the things that are happening so i won't get ahead of us but but it was uh it was a very clear succinct uh presentation of the gospel yeah Mm -hmm. so the reason this was a big deal is because he has been heavily, heavily criticized in the past for not preaching the gospel, for preaching right. more of a, um, I guess you could say a prosperity type of gospel, a gospel that is uh, a little bit softer than what we would mm-hmm. typically in a sort of a conservative church. I don't really like these labels very much, but it, you kind of get what I mean by that. Right. The, the gospel that a conservative church would preach is something that he was accused of not really sharing. It was not a gospel of repentance. It was more a gospel of, um, you know, the the touchy-feely good side of things. He also, and this is important to point out, he has a very supernatural, um, high, like a dominant ministry, meaning like he's, he's very into that stuff. He's very into right. healings and like God doing miraculous it's things. It's a huge part. Like if you watch some of his street ministry, that's how he does it. He he starts out with things like, you know, how are you feeling? What's wrong? You know, do you have any ailments, anything we can pray for you about? That kind of thing. And I've even seen, I haven't, you know, seen a lot of it, so I can't say that this is the norm, but I've seen demonstrations of him getting done, praying for somebody, healing them, and just saying, you have a blessed day or may God bless you or something. And, and the assumption in his mind is, is that we're just blessing people and God's going to bless them and they're going to find Jesus. Right. Um, now I'm not saying that he doesn't present the gospel clearly at times, but that was right. But the supernatural ministry side of things is, is pretty central to what he does and what their church is about. Probably more so than most people would be used to. If you go to any, any typical church, so it is interesting because he he had been criticized for a long time about, well, and by the way, so to even go back a little bit farther, you know, you can go and listen to his testimony if you want. I mean, this is a guy who was a drug addict, yep. had a pretty radical transformation when he was, I think, 22 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Pretty young man, you know, miraculously delivered from an addiction to drugs. And that is what kind of launched him into not only being a Christian, but getting into ministry and street ministry, and things of that nature. So all that to say, um, he's been trying to serve the Lord as best as he can, you know, in his context. Mm-hmm. And he's been criticized quite a bit along the way for uh, for not preaching a, a, a true biblical gospel. But it really 
came to a head when there was a documentary put together right. called American Gospel. Mm-hmm. Now, American Christ alone, because there's two of them now. So right, but we're talking about the first one, I guess. Yeah, it was it's the called first one. yeah American Gospel, subtitled Christ Alone right. is the documentary that we're referring to, and I would. Now you said it's on Netflix. I just watched it. Yeah, yeah. Which I was I, not aware of. You were of. telling me I had to pay for it. And, I thought you did. And and I was reading an article and it said something about the Netflix documentary. I'm like, okay, cool. So I went and searched on my Netflix and popped right up. Right Better check your credit one. card in case you clicked on the buy yeah. now button. Uh, maybe I did. <laughs> You're I don't gonna know. You're going to get charged Whatever. 20 yeah. bucks for, yeah. <laughs> for buying it. Right. So I did not watch the full documentary like you did. Cause I, I, didn't. Would say, I would say if I paid 20 bucks, it's worth it. Yeah. But. Well, I, they have a YouTube version. They call it the short YouTube version of it, which is, uh, it's less than an hour. It's like 58 mm-hmm. minutes or something. And I did watch that. So I have a flavor mm-hmm. of what the full length documentary is like and about. And in it, he gets called out by name. Right. Uh, along with quite a few other pretty well-known American, mostly American, I think, preachers. Mm-hmm. And they are accused pretty strongly of preaching a false, incomplete gospel. Right. That is part of what the documentary is about. Now, we're going to get into that a little bit more Right. a little bit later on in this podcast. In fact, just to give you a heads up, listener, we've decided we're going to do a long podcast today and split it into two parts. Yes. So we're going to get into more of what exactly the documentary covers in detail. But In the second part. Yeah. yeah. So you would you would recommend, would you not... That our listeners go I would. and watch it. I would. Apparently yeah. now, especially since it's not no cost to you, well, it's just I, a two hour or three hour investment. Like you of pointed time. out, I don't know. Netflix has my credit card number. You'll find so out. Who knows? Yeah. yeah, check your statement. But, uh, so it sounds like if you got a Netflix account, go see if you can find it, and if you can't find it, watch it. If mm-hmm. you can't find it, go on YouTube and watch the Google American Gospel. It'll be one of the top results. It'll be one hour version. Mm -hmm. And watch that to give you a taste Mm -hmm. of what it's about. So I guess, uh, you know, I've been doing way too much talking, Craig. I need to pitch it over to you. What is your kind of gut reaction to when you heard his sermon? Because you listened to his sermon where he repents. And the reason, so he did this message. Okay, I got to back up a little more. When that documentary came out and it called him out by name, and pretty heavily criticized him. His original response was, this documentary is a demonic attack. That is what he called it. Yeah, that was maybe three, four months ago. Yeah, not that long ago. ago. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, in that span of time, something's happened. And he came back on this message we're talking about a couple weeks ago and said, wow, I have learned a lot, and I am repenting publicly Mm -hmm. for preaching a false gospel. So... Can you detail a little bit? Because you saw the documentary, and I didn't. How, well, did, how did it paint him in that? Yeah, I think I I think first of all, you know, when you're talking about it and you're talking about Todd White getting up and preaching the sermon and everything, um, you know, you keep using accused of, and the only thing that I can say about that is is that yeah, he kind of accuses himself. I mean, they use, of course, he's very out there right he's got lots of videos there's lots of material to draw from and yes you do see many times where people are taken out of context snippets of what they say different things like that but i would say it was very accurate <laughs> it was it was um 
they they were proving that that he was a prosperity gospel preacher and um and so you know what i would say about that is is that well first of all uh I guess we're talking about calling out false teachers by name. Were they right by doing it? I I want to give people an idea. The flavor of this documentary is not, um, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it is more about its title, uh, The American Gospel, Christ Alone. Mm. It's, it's about, uh, you know, making, making the gospel all about Christ. And yes, they do use these extreme examples, and there's lots of them. It's not just Todd White. In fact, he's, I wouldn't say a small fish in it, but he is. You know, people think of the prosperity gospel. They think of Benny Hinn. And he's named they, in the documentary, uh, Benny Hinn. Oh, they're, they're more than named. Like right. They, they well, have... They're examples. Yeah, they, they're, they're examples. They, they um, contrast the things that they teach they they even highlight some of those things um like you show know, book excerpts, like and excerpts sermon and books and qu- yes, clips and things exactly. like that and 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 then they compare that to the true gospel and you know so hmm, are they being you know unfair i don't think so now maybe that's just my perspective right but uh, more importantly, I, I don't agree with the prosperity gospel. I never have. I think it, it not, but you know, so the, the focus that they're bringing to it is not as much that it's a false gospel gospel, although they say that and they make that clear, but I don't want people to get the idea that that's the flavor of it. It's, it's more understanding how it's a false gospel, how it erodes the true gospel. And that's really important because that's important for us as believers to understand that that these things are not just, you know, when when we hear, let's just say, he's, he's one example on there, Joel Osteen, for instance, and he talks all about how your best life is in you and you just need to draw from within and all these things. They go into more of a how that is damaging to us in understanding the gospel and understanding God and who he is, how it erodes our perspective of him. And so it's, you know, if you, so what I would say, I guess, getting back to Todd White, cause that's our subject. Was it right for them to call him out? Um, I would say, yeah. And I think he, felt i think he feels that way too yeah not at first yeah no no he Did, didn't nobody likes to get called out and right publicly be, like yeah that. be it the was... subject of a documentary that spins you in a negative light right ouch yeah that's no fun yeah so the documentary is not here's 12 preachers you should never listen to that's not it's, the idea it's more like the there's there's a message that's out there that's parading itself as the biblical gospel right. and we're going to analyze it. And here's the main, here's some of the people that are espousing it. Let's look at what they say. Let's compare it to scripture and see if it stands. Right. And the whole documentary then is, is really trying to hone in on what is the gospel. See the, one of the things that some people don't appreciate is just because somebody gets up and preaches a sermon and quotes scripture doesn't mean they're doing a good job teaching right. it. Doesn't mean it's true. Right. We use 
like a good Bible teacher and a false Bible teacher all use the same words. Yeah. We talk about Jesus. We talk mm-hmm. about faith. We talk about God's blessing. We talk about sin, all kinds of different issues. We use the same language, but how you use those terms and in what sort of framework you use them matters a lot. Mm-hmm. So you got to be a careful listener. Just because someone gets up and preaches a sermon and can quote a scripture or two doesn't mean that there's someone that's helpful or that they're doing a good job of sharing God's word. Right. We got to be discerning, right? Right. And this is a documentary aimed at discerning a kind of message that's out there among churches and popular preachers mm-hmm. and showing this is incomplete. And that's why it's that's why it's talking about the American gospel. Like in the beginning of it, they do a really good job of just laying the groundwork of what the true gospel is and the importance or, or the, the emphasis that they're bringing to it is, is that in America anyway, and I would say Canada's the same in this regard, um, but in America, um, the gospel has been co-opted by this idea that God is going to give me things. And uh, it does a really good job of laying the groundwork of people that have uh, you know, even sharing because there's it's interspersed with the word of God comparatively, what the gospel really is, and then they also dovetail in people, different people's experiences, personal experiences, and how that's you know damaged them and hurt them. And you know, and, and that's one of the things, like, so if you go back to Todd White and you look at his, I guess, confession, I mean, I don't think he really calls that sermon a confessional sermon. Although he does say that he's repenting, um, the the title of the sermon is I think God loves people or something like I don't remember now. I, I remember it was a generic title. It was it was pretty generic. It wasn't necessarily hey I'm going to reveal all here or anything like that, which is I think commendable really because he could have played that up for even more internet fame and success. Right? Mm. Is he he could have he could have put a real good eye-catching thumbnail on that uh, YouTube video and gotten even more views. So it was, it was, so I did watch the whole message or I listened to the whole message mm-hmm. and you know, I, my, one of my takeaways was I'm not exactly a hundred percent sure what you're repenting of. Right. Um, it was a, so one of the things that's challenging is his style of preaching. Yes. It doesn't, it's not the kind of thing that jives with me. Um, so, you know, it, it's pretty emotional. In fact, the whole time he's preaching, there's a, there's gentle music in the background. I don't know if you caught that, yeah. but it's kind of set in that moody tone. Yeah. And there was a lot of him crying. There was a lot of him, you know, kind of talking to his congregation and saying things like, are you guys with me? Do you see what I'm doing? You know, God's right. just been wrecking yes. me, you know, yeah. and it, yeah. Very emotional. Now, that's not a bad thing necessarily. Uh, I mean, a Christian life includes emotions. If you feel guilty for sin, fairness, it should be emotional. In all fairness, that's the first whole sermon I've ever seen him preach. And that's the same so, for me. So yeah. I don't know so what I, to compare it to. Right. But I did go in the comments section on YouTube mm-hmm. and saw a lot of comments about, is this really Todd White I'm listening to? Man, yeah. you sound completely different, this kind of thing. So whatever that means, I don't know if it's the content that sounds way different. Mm-hmm. Or if it's the fact that he's being really emotional. Like, I really don't know. I'm not sure what to compare it to. Um, but it was just interesting because for me anyways, I wasn't really sure 
exactly what he was repenting of. In fact, at one point he looks over to the side. So I'm assuming on like the side of the stage or somewhere in that area, there was mm-hmm. some of his leaders. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I'm, he says to yeah. them, I hope I'm not freaking you guys out too yeah. much. Are you guys, something. are you guys okay? That's yeah, a, yeah. Something to yeah. that effect. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's really unclear in terms of, uh, is this something that he's been talking to his leadership team about? Was this like him pulling it on them? They experienced right. it at the same time right. everyone else right. did. Yeah. But you know, um, so it's hard to really know. I mean, Whenever I see these things, I always take it with a grain of salt. You know, right. it's like, okay, if he feels like he's convicted about his uh, poor explanations and emphasis in terms of gospel ministry, and he wants to correct that. And I thought a lot of this, like the scripture he shared, some of the mm-hmm. things he said in that sermon, I was excited about. Like, yeah. it was good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so if he feels like that's a direction he wants to go in more, I think that's a great thing because I think yes. that would be much healthier. I think it's more biblical. I'm, yes. I'm in favor of that. On the other hand, time will tell. Right. As, as to Always. like, mm-hmm. is this something that he really gets? Is this a momentary thing? You know, I don't want to judge a guy's motives because only God can see the human heart. So I don't want to say it's not genuine uh, because like you say that the documentary – Okay, I use the word accused. You're saying it pretty much proved that this guy is off base. Yeah, so not, what, how do you recover from but that? But not just him. He was in a True. company of many that um, that they serve. And, and, they, and they did it in such a way they didn't say, okay, now we're going to talk about Todd White. Right. So that's I guess that's what I'm trying to convey a little bit is that the flavor of it wasn't necessarily Todd White-centric or it didn't even have like a – It was uh, idea-centric. Yeah, it, it – it didn't even have like a section. This is all Todd White stuff. Right. It was just they would hop from one to the next. They and to to just name names. I mean, it was Benny Hinn. It was Joel Olstein. It was uh, uh, Joyce Myers. Joyce was Myers. She was she was small part. Creflo Dollar was a small part. Kenneth a few Copeland. Different. Right. Kenneth Copeland was a huge part of it. Joseph Prince. Joseph was Prince was mentioned in there. Um, they didn't have any clips of him. I don't believe. Okay. Uh, and, um, oh, there was another significant one, too. Anyway. But oh, some of them people I oh, know. what is it? Bill Johnson from oh, Bethel? Oh, yes, yes. And Jesus Culture. Right. Which I thought was interesting. I'd, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But anyway, um, so, you know, he was, and, and they were all interspersed at different times. And the whole point, again, the focus was, is that we have millions and millions of Americans that, call this church and call this the gospel and call themselves Christian because this is these are the leaders they're following and listening to and and uh, you know consuming that content and unfortunately they're getting fed a false gospel right which I agree with all those premises I guess what I meant when I was saying you know I'm not sure what to make of his sermon Right. In terms of the genuineness or, or where mm. he's really going with it, I, I don't know. Because what I guess I mean is, you know, if you get called out that harshly publicly, right. and this is a well-watched, well-known documentary, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't subtle. They did a good job of producing it and, and promoting it. How do you recover from that? You know, when you, when you get... So, I mean, you specifically told me, if I'm not mistaken, you know, they showed one of his street healings in the documentary. Yeah. And 
you can't help but watch it with extreme skepticism. Yeah. Is that a fair way to say it? Yeah, I would I would say that he I don't know. It's possible anyway. I don't know if this is true or not, but it's possible. They, Like I said, they did highlight all these different leaders. Uh, a lot of them, like Joel Olstein, were, were just excoriated over um, some of the things that they've said and some highlights from some of their books. Um, then some of them were really like Kenneth Copeland was called out and even Benny Hinn. They were called out. I think even Joyce Myers were, were called out for like heretical teaching. Um, and probably their, their lavish lifestyle. Yeah. I'm thinking, yes. And, and then a lot of them were the lifestyle. Todd white got called out over some, you know, some questionable things that he said, but the thing that really, I think got him was like that. They, they talked about street healing or, or street magic, you know, and then in the sleight of hand and, and okay. the different things. And they, and they highlighted uh, one or two things that he did. Um, that, like on video, know, on right? video, yeah. right. To, to that, that were like miracles happening before you like lengthening somebody's leg. And then they, and then they went back and they slowed or they sped the video up and they showed you just how he made it look like somebody's leg got longer right. when in reality it didn't. Right. And so, you know, that's pretty... Ouch. Yeah, that that's was... That's what I a, mean. How do you was, recover from that? Yeah, I guess... You almost have to say something, but it you feels know, like. But you know, I have to say this. In the world of prosperity gospel, I don't think that that bothers them. I don't I don't think that they're, you know, I don't... Like, they've, they've survived so much. How is it that right. people continue to follow, you know... This is I, I mean, not, let's just say, like, Benny new. Hinn. Like Benny Hinn. He's and, the best example because yeah. he's he's kind of the top of the food chain when it comes to this stuff. And he's been Definitely. doing his he's been doing his crusades for years. I was a kid. Yeah. And I remember Benny Hinn's crusades being on TV and they're pulling up people on stage and he's swinging his jacket at them or touching them on the head and they yep. they drop to the floor and he's passing around God's anointing. Yep. Um, yep. And yep. that was that was viewed. Um, okay, so there, there's kind of a cult following. Of these people right. where they can do no wrong. Benny right. Hinn can do no wrong. He is God's anointed. Mm-hmm. End of story. But then outside that bubble, among some Christians and definitely among the secular world, there's a big eye of skepticism, right? right? That this is not legit, that this whole thing's a charade. But that has survived. What I'm saying is that survived decades. Right. Like how does Benny Hinn, he's still doing it yeah, like the, 30 yeah. years later. Yep. yep. And yeah, that I mean, ministry Steve, still. Steve Martin did a, a movie one time called Leap of Faith, and you watch it, and it, it just highlights all the ridiculousness of these things. And of course, it's Steve Martin, so he's you know making fun of it. And part of me, as a Christian, was like, "Well, you know, you're making fun of Christianity," um, but that's. Uh, but the other part of me knows that that's not the, the vein of Christianity that I'm in. Uh, that's not my lane, and uh, so you know, I'm not really offended deeply by it but it's just amazing like you can do a movie like that and people watch it and they laugh at it and they're like how ridiculous is christianity and then they show up at a benny hinn crusade anyway mm. you know it's like how does that happen what what happens in people's minds you know what's really interesting about benny hinn is well there's a couple of things one is he also came out with kind of a pseudo statement 
similar to Todd White's yes. about a year ago, I think, right. where he kind of said, it was some kind of an apology or some kind of a, I need to do some correction about something. It, it was also kind of generic, slightly unclear mm-hmm. about what he meant. And he hasn't exactly talked about it again since. So, you know, I'm not, again, I'm not really sure what he was apologizing for. It did kind of sound like he was feeling that he was misleading people. Uh, like he recognized that and was making some kind of a, a statement about not, you know, trying to move away from that. But how clear that statement was and how much he's actually done any real change mm-hmm. is up for debate. Another thing that's interesting is not only did Benny Hinn come out and say that, his nephew has left Benny Hinn's ministry. He worked mm-hmm. for under his, his uncle's ministry for years, was part of this whole thing. And you're talking like in the background, like he was behind closed doors with his uncle. He was part of the team that was up on stage. He was screening people who got on stage. He was catching people. He was in that world and has since left it mm-hmm. and spoken out quite a bit against that kind of ministry and some of the, the dangers and problems with it. So that's his name's Costi Hin, C O S T I. So you can you can Google Costi Hin and see some of his. Um, I guess he's done some speaking and some writing mm-hmm. uh, on this subject, and, and I would he, encourage he, people. To he do shows that. up pretty prominently in the documentary as well. Does he? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. so he was already at that time condemning it in the documentary, or he's he's one of the people being condemned. No, no, he he's he's uh, condemning. Oh, okay, the so he had already come out gospel. of it at that right. point. Yes. Oh, I see. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. A, so it's not a new thing for him. I think it's it's been a been a while actually. Um, you know, he he says he he cites a story of Jesus when he goes and uh, now now I'm getting myself in the corner here. Where he goes and there's multitudes there and he's healing them, right? And he reaches out and he touches this one guy and he's healed, you know? And he's like, he was in this church and he's kind of on his own a little bit. He's kind of breaking away from Benny Hinn's ministry. And uh, and anyway, he, he got asked to preach and the pastor said, like I do to you sometime, here's the passage of scripture. Okay. Uh, this is what you're preaching on, you know? come up with a sermon and so he's doing this study on this and he's like wait a minute wait a minute this guy doesn't have any faith he didn't even know who jesus is Ah. you know and it didn't depend on his faith it didn't you know do you think the pastor did that on purpose like i wonder yeah well i think i i don't know i can't remember if he said that that he was put in that or, or that that was the next text that they were preaching in their in their calendar maybe a little bit of providence there on god's part certainly and he said that was really the the turning point for him it's but it's real interesting to me to watch these guys try to backtrack something that they have built their whole ministry on right it makes makes me wonder how you as a leader change on the fly right you know it's like and these are guys who've built their ministries around these ideas so this is not like a side issue. No. It's not like a little thing over here that they've they've modified their view on doctrinally. I mean, they they are invested in this. They've invested their whole everything that they do, all their books, all their sermon clips. I mean, their schooling. Well, think of and the organization that depends on them. Right. I mean, just imagine somebody like Benny Hinn and the in the machine that is behind all that. Um, 
you know, doing promotion. The amount of money the other, that goes exactly. through his ministry is, I mean, you're talking in the millions and millions and millions of dollars. Right. And is he going to come out one day and say, my goodness, I've been wrong all along right. and you should not be paying for healing. So right. from this day forward, you know, we're, we're not charging anything and, you know, or like, like, how do you back out of that when it's like, I've got overhead costs now yeah. and this is going to, oh, yeah. I'm going to have to lay people off. Yeah. It, like the lifestyle I've, change. I've, I'm not going to be able to fly on jets everywhere. Yeah, yeah. the the repentance mm. would be like true repentance in mm-hmm. that regard is a big deal. Overwhelming. It's a big deal. Be like deal. the rich young ruler. You it know? is. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. They've built their whole kingdom yeah. around this. Like they're not walking away from a little. Mm-hmm. They're walking away from a lot. And what's really interesting is, is all these people are networked together. They are. Mm-hmm. So I saw, no, I shouldn't say I saw, I listened to, an interview with Costi Hinn, mm-hmm. and he was talking about this, that he, he feels like his uncle is Benny. is truly, mm-hmm. yeah, uncle, that Benny Hinn is, is truly trying to repent from some of his errors in the past, but doesn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Because like I say, he's on the top of the food chain when it right. comes to faith healers. Oh, yeah. Everybody has been trained under Benny Hinn's guidance. So yeah, if, in the in the documentary they have uh, Todd White with Benny Hinn, and they have Todd White with Kenneth Copeland. Okay. Kenneth Copeland is is telling people to give money to Todd White to his ministry. And, okay, you know, and and these guys support each other. Yes. is the point. So yeah. so if one of them decides I'm going to pull the plug on this and back out, you're you're damaging some of these people that oh, yeah. you've built these partnerships with. I can't imagine that that kind of pressure, really. That's awful. Can you imagine those phone calls coming oh, from people? You man. know, if you, like even Todd White after this video. Yeah. What kind of phone calls is he getting right. from Kenneth Copeland? Yeah, yeah. You know, how hey, could I, you do this? I told people to support your ministry. Now you're telling people that you know this is the true gospel. <laughs> we should. This is a good point. This is a good time right here to remind our listeners to pray for your leaders. Yeah. Because the the kind of pressure. I mean, I. I, I just, you know, t- I want to see these guys really, mm-hmm. really make the change they need to do, but it's going to come at extreme cost and that's not easy to do. So they're going to need some encouragement and they need God's help, you know, because they are going to pull the pin on a whole kingdom that they've spent their whole lives building yeah. or building rather. And, you know, it's a good opportunity for us to keep these guys in prayer, guys and gals, I should say, yeah. in prayer because to try and, well, repentance is hard. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. It's yeah. hard for any of us, but the higher you climb this mountain, so to speak, it's a bad analogy, but when you climb this mountain and you make yourself into somebody in terms of ministry, yeah. oh, to, to, to tumble back down that mountain, it's a long way down. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, it's tough. I mean, I would, I would say that it's tough even even on a micro scale, like for instance, uh, you know, well, one example would be me here at Bible fellowship. Since I've come to Bible fellowship, I've admitted to elders. I've admitted to the congregation sometimes when I'm preaching that I preached on this passage of scripture before I did not preach it this way. That was not a fair representation that time. I believe this is a more fair representation this time. And, you know, I, I have, I don't think I've ever done it, but, you know, it could be the next time I get to that passage, I might have 
another perspective. Now, that's not necessarily heresy, but it it certainly is hard to admit. It's hard to admit because here's the thing. Congregations do this to you, too. People do this to you. They want you to be right. Absolutely. They expect, they, they expect you to be right, but they want you to be right, too. Uh, and especially like in Benny Hinn's ministry or Joel Olstein or somebody like that, they want Joel Olstein to be right. Like the idea that he's not right means that everything that I've ever heard from him that resonated with me, that I felt like was God speaking to me or that kind of thing, then it's not right anymore, you know? And I, first of all, I I would say that's not necessarily true because God uses, I mean, he, in the Bible, he used a donkey, (laughs) So it's like he can use anybody yeah. to Paul, speak to you. Paul talks about um, rejoicing that Christ is preached, yes. even by those who are doing it for the wrong reasons. But that that kind of harkens back to another question that we had. Like, is it right to be calling these guys out? You know, uh, maybe, you know, you got to be careful with it. because. It, but but even in the documentary, you see where they're they're like, you can't call out God's servant. You know, and they quote other scriptures for that. It's like basically saying you you can't criticize what we're doing here. This is, you know, this is God's work and you'd be criticizing God's work. And that's not, you know, that that's going to that's going to ruin your your prosperity and your faith and your blessing. The way they put it is touch not touch not, not God's anointed. anointed. That's yeah. how they say it. Yeah. But where, where is that a quote from? I I just saw that. Uh, it, I don't know. I've heard it's it an multiple Old Testament times. Is prophecy. it? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's from one of the Old Testament prophets. Conveniently yanked out of context. Yes. I mean, if you, the, if the leader of your church or the leader of a ministry or whatever is beyond correction. How are you so familiar with that? You know? <laughs> with what? <laughs> Touch not God's anointing. Because I've heard it said yeah. before. Okay. I, uh, I so can tell. <laughs> I grew up in a semi-prosperity gospel environment. The church that I grew up in was actually not really into that too much, but a lot of our like sister churches and ministries that we knew and were connected to were much more favorably um, Mm -hmm. involved in that. And so I grew up, that is like second nature to me. Mm -hmm. I saw that stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I went. I've been to healing services and stuff like that. Yeah. That's not weird or unusual in my world. Huh. So I'm 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 semi familiar with it. I still have right. family that's involved uh-huh. in that sort of world of Christianity. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I mean I could I could talk personal experience. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hesitant to do so, right? <laughs> uh, because it affects people who are still living, right. you know, and involves people that are still part of my family. So I need to be. I don't do that too much. Yeah, yeah. But it's a dangerous world. Yeah. And, you know, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know that I've changed my doctrinal view a ton since I've come to uh, involved in full-time ministry. The vast majority of my doctrinal changing happened before I went into full-time ministry. Uh, I did a lot of change because I came out of that background and I no mm-hmm. longer adhere to it. So that was a painful process to come out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, I've, I, I would say I've modified some of my views Mm -hmm. and shouldn't we expect that yeah i mean shouldn't you expect your pre like nobody comes out of bible college a finished product like well now i know the word i know every interpretation and every sermon i ever preached from henceforth on is going to be bang on 100 percent doctrinally accurate and i'll never change my mind again for the next 50 years 
That's insane. It is. It doesn't work like that. We're people. I couldn't agree more. Hence we, why we need prayer, right? Right. Help. Lord, right. help me. Yeah. Man, that is what we are called to do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes feels really cruel. <laughs> it's like Yeah. But again, like I say, the the pressure the pressure is pretty intense that people people have this expectation they they uh think you're the pastor um they don't even look at it like sometimes it's even worse than than a doctor you know they a doctor goes to school he does all these things and you know and uh learns all this stuff and um we still understand that this doctor might be right and this doctor may not be right and we do that with preachers too but your own preacher your own pastor pastor in your church he's got to be right 100 percent, and that's how you feel mm. and you get up there and you're preaching a sermon and i have to say that my preaching style isn't like todd white because i can't just i can't just go there like i have to think about everything like we were talking about in our elders meeting about the trinity and how nuanced that is um to understand the trinity is really hugely difficult and challenging and you find yourself even in your preaching or in your prayer you know even even when you do public prayer how does that affect your public prayer and how does the way that you present god when you're speaking to him affect how other people view him and just all these things are I, I don't think people, I, I'm not trying to, I don't want anybody to have a pity party for the pastors. Hey, there's a podcast name. Oh, no. Pity party for the pastors. No, <laughs> I, I don't want that. But but I will say that it is difficult. It's yeah. cha- that, that pressure looms all the time. Well, I mean, the Bible says not many should become teachers right. because we will be judged with greater strictness. I don't know strictness. why I didn't listen to that. I mean, that is... <laughs> It's it's a scary, sobering thought. It makes makes us, I hope, and I think it's true for us. You know, makes us take our job seriously. Mm-hmm. Makes us take our leadership seriously. Mm-hmm. And so, I hope that I have a humble, teachable spirit. Mm-hmm. I do care very deeply about the truth. And even if the truth is something that doesn't jive with my personal feelings about things, then my personal feelings got to change. You know, they can't be the dominant factor. That's a big part of it. Scripture talks about having itching ears. So in other words, a lot of times we go to the Bible and this is true because you and I are human. Pastors are human. We go to the Bible and we we know what we want it to say. You know, you have already kind of like a preconceived bias of what you want God to be like, mm-hmm. the way you want him to think of you and the world and sin and your choices. And then it says something different, <laughs> right? And all of a sudden the truth is colliding with your worldview and value system. Right. And the truth has to win out. And that's a lifelong battle, you know, because God has never done conforming you right, and confronting you through his word. No. I mean, you may be 30 years into your Christian walk with the Lord and reading scripture and it, it hits you like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that happens to everyone, pastors included. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at what point, how, I guess, how does, the, how does a pastor's accountability to his congregation really work? Is an interesting question here. You know, he th- these guys who are repenting of major things, they've they've led these people down this road. 
for years. How do you backtrack out of that? I mean, is that something that you, like, they've obviously tried to take some approach of saying it publicly with at least some clarity, I was wrong. Um, but, I mean, you, you don't turn a ship like that around in one sermon, right? I mean, you're trying to turn, uh, like, the Titanic around. How do you How do you do that? I don't know that you can. At least it's going to take some serious time. Yeah, well, see, the thing is, is that in the way we've structured it, um, and what I mean by that is, is that the organization or the machine that some of them have built, um, it's like that inherently is going to make it difficult. There's the idea that, you know, they, they make enormous amounts of money and live pretty lavish lifestyles on top of that. So they're giving up all of that. Um, the reality is, is you should be held accountable for it too. Like, so is it just enough to get up and, and repent as Todd White did? Like, are you not to be held accountable for it? Should you not step away for a period of time? Well, that's kind of what I was wondering, you, you know? know, is it better in that situation to just resign? You know, and I'm not saying, again, who am I to judge? These are individual churches with individual, you know, leadership structures and things like that. I think the other part of it, the other side of it, if I could, I don't want to use that term, but, you know, just just look at the other perspective of it is a a lot of times that's our automatic is like, well, they should step down. They should leave. I think of Mark Driscoll. Um, and he was accused of different things, uh, and you know, issues of, I guess, abuse of people or power or something like that. And so he, they asked him to leave. He did actually, no, they didn't ask him to leave. Did he step down? Okay. They asked him to take a leave of absence and he had to go through, they were going to put him through a process, some kind of process of, of the goal was restoration. Right. And then he left. He He, He just decided to quit. Okay. But. And so now he's in another ministry. Yeah, I he think. just left the state. Yeah, and started a new church. Right. Um. Yeah. So just, but when you look at all that, it's it's messy. It's it's like you say, you know, it it needs restoration that really never happened. Uh, I don't think that's that valuable for the, for that person. Um. You know, there's just, there's a lot of factors involved in it. And so whenever, whenever somebody goes down that route, um, you know, it, it'd be nice if we could accept somebody's apology, understand that they're growing, we're growing, and realize this one thing. Like Todd White, as powerful as he thinks he is, as much influence as he thinks he has, as much influence as the people in his church have given him over themselves, uh, that's not all his fault. And understanding that God is sovereign, that he uses error as well as truth, you know, uh, to work in our lives and to, and to change us into what he wants us to become. It's optimal that we do it to the best of our ability, that we're careful with it, all those things. The Bible is true. You know, I still believe the Bible's true when it says to, you know, not, not 
desire the office of or uh, not desire to be a teacher, you know. Um, but on the other hand, I, I think we need to understand that we're not as powerful as influential as we think we are. And and I I would hope that our people would understand that too, that without God's influence and factor in our lives. So, so this is what I would say, like Joel Osteen, for instance. Do I agree? I don't agree with his theology. I think that he is um, definitely doing a disservice overall to the greater body of Christ. Have people listened to him and been impacted positively? Uh, yes, they have. Has God used his messages to transform their lives in different ways? Yes, he has. Um, is does because he's uh let's say a false teacher if you could say that uh for example um does that mean that he uh that everything that he's ever taught you or anything that you've ever learned through his ministry is now nullified i don't think so so you know we need to have a little more patience with some of that too there's a balance there right and kind of goes harkens back to what we talked about a little bit last week where it's important to have your pastor be your pastor. And that needs to be a person that you know and a person that you can, uh, you know, trust and all these different things. So anyway, it yeah. all kind of dovetails together. How, you know, how do you change your doctrine as a preacher? Not easily. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, sometimes I get up to preach a sermon. I get up to preach a sermon and I look at it. I, I did this the other day. Uh, on a few weeks ago, I'm, I'm looking at this sermon. I'm like, oh, that second point, that doesn't, that isn't even true. <laughs> like, how did I miss that? Mm. You know, how did, it wasn't, it wasn't the main point. It was like a second point of, of one. It was a sub point of, of another point, but it's like, how did I miss it? I mean, I had to skip the whole thing in my sermon notes. That's why the sermon was a little shorter. Oh, maybe. so that's the key. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No. I see. But, you know, I, I just realized that doesn't, you know, I, I thought of a scripture, a scripture popped into my head that does, that says that that's not exactly like how that works. Mm. Right. So anyway. It's a lot harder than people realize to do that, unless you've done it yourself, to try right. and sit down with a passage of scripture, especially ones you're not familiar with. Right. That's what the That's one of the most challenging things as preachers. When we go through a book of the Bible, book and you're yeah. like, this is a passage that nobody ever, ever quotes <laughs> and puts on a coffee mug. Right. And now I got to get up and do 30 to 45 minutes on it. Right. Oh, my goodness. And all of a sudden, you discover a lot yeah. in that process. And sometimes you find things that you just weren't looking for. Yeah. You didn't know was there. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. I think it's a good time to take a break. Okay. So, you know, we've yep. highlighted a little bit about the experience that Todd White's going through and, and the broader documentary. And that's what we're mm -hmm. going to hit on next podcast. Yeah, We'll talk about the documentary. We'll highlight a little bit more about the teachings that it is analyzing. Right. And we'll, we'll take our, we'll have our take on it yep. and dissect that a little bit. And hopefully it goes well. They, we'll find uh, out. Up next, part two. Part two. American gospel. Uh, prosperity gospel yeah thanks for listening all right